0: How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Goose Gossip Podcast. I'm your host, Levi Gurke. I have an Instagram page that keeps you updated on all new episodes as well as upcoming things. I'd like to take this time to thank my sponsors, first being Webfoot Waterfall, They make an absolutely amazing lanyard. So if you are in the need for a lanyard, go to their website, webfootwaterfowl.com. So if you purchase through Webfoot, make sure to use the code GOOSE15. That's the code GOOSE15. It will give you 15% off their lanyards. Also, go check out Ultimate Automotive Mobile Detailing. Tristan does a tremendous work. If you're from the Mitchell, South Dakota region or nearby and want your vehicle brought back to new, give him a call at 605-933-9020. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the Goose Gossip Podcast. Hope you all enjoy and take care. and welcome back folks to another episode of the goose gossip podcast and on the line today with me is josh stoner how does it go
1: oh not too bad how are you doing Levi?
0: oh i'm doing just great just great where are you at right now
1: I am back home on the eastern shore of Maryland for
0: a few weeks. Well nope.
1: I'll say a few weeks, but I'll be probably heading out of here next week or so.
0: Oh really? How's how's Maryland? Is it pretty is it pretty fun?
1: Uh shit. I feel like I don't even know what it is anymore. I've never been, <laughs> I'm never home ever.
0: Is 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 it do you have a house like. there then?
1: Well, uh Long story short, me and the old lady of a few years we split up. So I told mom and dad I said, "Hey, I'm going to crash at your house until I'm
0: either done traveling
1: or decide I need to get a house somewhere." So
0: that's where we're at with that. Anyway, there's no issue with that at all. So
1: No, man. There's it, no sense in having a house that I'm never at, I guess.
0: Right, yeah, cuz I mean you you constantly are you you usually on the run here and there, aren't you?
1: Oh, uh, it's You know, two months a year, one month a year, three months a year, you know, back and forth all over.
0: So now how how has your experience been lately or just throughout the years and everything with Stanfield? I know, you know, with Jeff and Andy, I mean, has it just been a hoop, you know, being by their side and and helping them out and, you know, obviously just, just, you know, helping any shape or form over there?
1: Right. Um, I guess we're going on... Gosh, it'll be three years. And just when you go down there, so I'll get there, you know, right around the beginning of November. And I'm there until, I guess, the first week of February. But honestly, I mean, it's work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of long days. But, you know, it's like family when you're down there. You don't have to. I say you don't have to answer to anybody, but there's always the boss. You got Jeff and Andy. Right, But, you know, there's no hard feelings. There's no, you know, dumb shit that goes on, you know, coming from their end. And it's just, God, man, it's a pleasure to work down there and help those guys out. And, there's you know, no bickering <laughs> Ah, There's bickering, but it just depends on the day, I guess. But nothing, you know, just on their end coming to us guys, it's nothing crazy or right. nothing like that.
0: What is your like day-to-day process when you are down there? I mean, is it, is it pretty seamless or does it get pretty hectic, you know, with the birds that are down in Texas? I know you guys hunt lessers and cranes and all things of that nature. Does it, does it get hectic or is it pretty just self-explanatory at times?
1: Man, it's, I'd like to say it's cookie cutter, but you know, for the first few weeks, you know, you're mainly sh- focusing on you know going out shooting your specs a couple of lessers when they start showing up and stuff
0: right so you
1: know you're waking up the same time every morning you meet breakfast with the clients you're rolling out at the same time 5 a.m every day you go out and you hunt and you're either you know you might be done at eight o'clock you might be done at 11 o'clock but come back have lunch you know bullshit around take a nap do whatever and then three o'clock scouting time it's the same thing every day
0: what's like one of the greatest things that you've learned over the years of guiding and everything not just staying field in general but i mean um what's one of your most enjoyment things that you've you've gathered throughout your time you know guiding and having clients you know in the in the row of blinds with you or in the a-frame and everything like that man i tell you And it took,
1: gosh, it probably took a year or two after I started guiding to where you finally got to sit back and not pick up the gun so much, but you start to enjoy seeing everybody else have all that commotion, the shooting, the the high fives, the, oh, my God, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Seeing the kids out there, friends, dads, mothers, whatever, you just start to appreciate that more and more as each year goes on in your garden. And at first, I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't like that. I was out there to kill. I mean, don't get me wrong. When we go out every day, I want to kill birds. I want to have a fun hunt. I want to do this and that, but just, you know, making sure those clients are having the time of their life is really what you start to appreciate more and more. It took, like I said, it took a little bit to start to learn that.
0: Has it taken a drag on your life though?
1: Um, yeah, uh, probably here recently more than anything. Why is that? Um, just in the beginning of the year, once I got home from Texas, you know, I was dating a girl, we were together for right around five years and, you know, she put up with me leaving and didn't have a problem with it. Right. Just a few years go on and it's kind of like, okay, you know are you going to do this forever or, you know, are you going to stick around home and kind of give it up? And me being the hard head I am, I'm not ready to give it up. And she had other plans. So we kind of, you know, went our ways, but that's nothing to be sad about. It's just the way it goes. I'm still young. I'm still in the twenties. So,
0: right. So the. Got a lot of life left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta be happy throughout the entire yeah, yeah. journey that you are living. You plan on absolutely, man. You plan on making this a lifelong journey. You know, in the waterfowl life,
1: man. I want to do it as long as I can, hundred percent. And the way that I'm set up now, I can do that for a while. Um, like, uh, shoot, what was it? Gonna... Oh, Blake. The other guy that works with us is Stanfield. He runs right. a big farming and, farm and operation out in western Nebraska. So I went out there and helped him during harvest season last year and went out this year and stayed for about two months for planting. And I'll go back here next week for wheat harvest, and then I'll be back in the fall for fall harvest, and then right back on down to Texas. So if I can stay busy like that and still kind of live this – Bachelor lifestyle now. I'll be able to do it as long, you know. I'll never get bored of it, but when I kind of got to sit down and say, hey, man, I should probably fucking, you know, I should probably try to take this serious or at least move out there so I'm not traveling so much and I still can do it, but like, we'll mo-
0: see. Like move out to Texas? No, hell no. It's oh. too damn hot down there.
1: <laughs> i would moved to Nebraska before anything.
0: You like Nebraska? Oh, man, there's...
1: As little as there is there, it's one of the greatest fucking places in the world, man. I've passed Just through the there
0: pe- so many the times. The people
1: there are so nice. I will say it's that unreal. Well, I now, guess what's
0: that? I guess the only time that I've been in Nebraska is working in Omaha, and the people there oh, yeah. weren't, weren't weren't too nice. But I mean, uh, that's, that's you get that at every big city. Yeah, that's city people, you can't trust them, fuckers. <laughs> no, you can't. You fucking can't at all. No.
1: So Western Nebraska, man. It's that little rural rural lifestyle that's... I don't know. It's just awesome.
0: Where is Blake's uh, farm at in in Nebraska?
1: Uh, so he's like probably 10 miles from the Colorado border. Kind of right there on that little hook. Or not the hook, but the little corner in Nebraska. Okay. Where you know where Ogallala is.
0: Mm-mm. Like I said, I haven't done much for venturing in Nebraska. So if you
1: you get on i-80 and you're heading west okay and before you get to that little corner down there in the southwest
0: he's right there is it pretty hilly and everything around there is it is it is it flatter over there
1: on his side south of the platte river it's pretty flat but once you get once you get north of the river that's when you get into the hills and stuff and then a little bit further west out towards like um Wyoming and all that, that's where it starts to get back into the hill country.
0: Did you get your eyes on all that flooding that happened in Nebraska? Like like physically and seen it and everything, or just seen it through social media?
1: Oh, what was that? Uh two thousand eighteen or nineteen?
0: Yeah, I think it was like two years ago, maybe. I think it was two years ago.
1: No, I wasn't out there during the time that I did, so I was just going off, you know, social media. And- right. Like, I still got a bunch of friends and stuff that kind of live in that northwest Missouri, eastern Kansas, Iowa, and all that Nebraska part. and God, it
0: was just terrible to look at. Yeah, because I feel bad for all the people that were out there. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there is, you know, people work all year and try to make a living, and it was just taken away in a matter of what, a day and a half? Oh, started, yeah. You know? an act of god
0: so uh, so i've talked to you know a couple other people that have been on the current or the most previous episodes about squad fest i mean what's what's your take on the the overview of you know everybody coming back and been waiting for an event like this i mean you've probably been to maybe a few events maybe not i mean wh- what was your overview on it
1: man it felt so good to just get out and see some old faces and friends and meet new people and, you know, put a face to somebody who's reached out to you on social media or this, that, and the other. Right. And you didn't have to wear a freaking mask. And this. Oh man. It was so nice to just get back to normal. Cause I, you know, I usually try to go to game fair every year. Um, I've been down to Burlington, uh, been to rogers once i usually try to go to easton every year to the waterfowl festival so i'll hop around to different places and that just man i don't know dive on that squad fest there it's just top notch i mean the people that were there all the stuff that there was to do it's been a long time and i know somebody else had said it but it's been a long time since i've seen that many people get excited to watch a calling contest like yeah. there was a big crowd for every single contest whether it was juniors all the way up to the you know the best in the world pretty much
0: right and see it was it was hard for me to like separate that from other different like events because that was the first event that I've ever been to so I thought right. it was I thought it was like almost normal when I was there and then talking to people afterwards you know after the event was over like a week later, obviously. It was like, okay, like that doesn't happen. And it was hard for me to like fathom that. And I just keep hearing that. That's not normal.
1: No, man. I remember, gosh, you know, when I was in high school, like 2006, 2007, 2008, when I would go down to Easton to the World Goose, um, they would have it in the auditorium there at the high school. And it used to fill up. I mean, they would hold, you know, 150, 200 people. Mm hmm. And, you know, up until, I think, 2019 was the last year they had it. I wasn't able to go. Um, but 2018 and previous years, it just kind of slowly dwindled down to, you know, maybe for the finals, for, you know, the Open Goose, there might be 50, 60 people in there when, you know, it used to be two, three times that many. And it was just nice to see so many people get back. Now, I don't – I'm not going to say it has to do with, you know, the whole COVID thing and people just wanting to get out and do something. I don't think I so. I actually think I actually think people are starting to get excited to watch all these events and learn and like the amount of people that entered the contest, that was ridiculous. There's like 25-30 people in the novice in each category, I think. That is unheard of that many people.
0: Do you think Divebomb had a huge part of it with their booming, you know, you know, industry and everything into the waterfall? Or do you think it truly was people are starting to really wreak havoc on that this needs to rebirth and that it truly needs to happen and people want to see this happen more often, you know?
1: Yeah. So there's like. They, they kind of like took social media by the ball, so to say. Right. And have done, have done so well with getting theirself out there. Well, they marketed you know. amazingly. Oh, they, they're a genius in marketing. Um, and they associate themselves with people and outfits and everything that, you know, each, you know, each region of the country has a following on certain people. They get into those people. They're all great people. right? And then you get more and more people interested and they're like, hell yeah, man. I'm going to come out there, you know, to St. Louis and see all these people and try to meet all these guys. Like I was talking to people, you know, just every day, you know, your average Joe and their wife or, you know, your average, you know, female out there, they're like, oh man, we drove 10 hours to come up here for the weekend. And then, you know, they're not, they're not associated with any, you know, company or calls right. or anything like that. They just come in there to hang out and just see the event. It was just awesome to see that.
0: Yeah. I drove there nine hours by myself and nine hours back. And the nine hour drive there, I was like my first event ever. I was a little skeptical and I was like, gosh dang, like what am I going to do there? You know what I mean? And then the nine hour drive back, I was like, you know, a little hungover and a little loss of sleep. And Oh yeah. And, heat deprived and all that stuff but it was like gosh i just want to go to the next one and that's why i'm gonna go to i'm gonna try my best to to go to game fair just because after my first event there i'm like gosh i just want to keep going you know i want to keep going to events like that and i hope future ones are either similar or near to it you know what i mean
1: oh yeah and game fair is another good one there's a lot of people they got a lot of foot traffic that comes through there and, you know, there's quite a few people that travel up there to that too, but instead of like how it was a dive bomb, more or less they're associated with somebody or a company right. like that. Um, but Minnesota, God, I think they still have the most waterfowl hunters per capita. So they just, they automatically get a big hometown influx of people, which is great, but what? man, there's just, God, there's so much going on there those weekends. So many vendors and people. Well, that Minnesota blast going up there.
0: Yeah, that Minnesota State. Those like a lot of those kids and everything are grandfathered into goose hunting because that's the only thing they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's oh, yeah. N- there's not a big deer hunting. I mean, it's walleye. You know, waterfowl, or you know, goose hunting. In, in my eyes, obviously, I don't live in Minnesota. Right. And it's like you got Fergus Falls, you got you know everything. I mean, there's just so much water up there. It's crazy. Like, it's just, then their migration is almost close to perfect, in my opinion, most of the time.
1: Yeah, as long as they get the weather right, man, they just, you know, you can get it down to the day. Like, a buddy of mine out there in Rochester, Scott Tronan, who owns Molkier, you know, you can talk to him, and he can tell you down to the damn near day, oh, we're going to start seeing migrators, you know. What's the weather doing? Oh, they'll be here tomorrow and like those guys just know they right. got their birds so down lock it's uh oh man it's impressive and i love hunting out there too is it's it such a different world out there
0: is it really is it so is it i know it's obviously it's got to be far different from texas or anything else than you know i mean with it's me like living yeah. in the midwest i mean i'd imagine it's somewhat similar to the midwest but at the same time like they got molts. they got you know these way larger feeds, like way larger. You know,
1: yeah. So, in, the thing about Minnesota, what I've gathered hunting there, you know, goose pits and giant spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that is their state. Now, I say that, but like where I grew up on the Eastern Shore, I mean Maryland, that people used to call it the Goose Capital of the World. Other than you know, like Southern Illinois and stuff like that. And we have, you know, a lot of people hunting pits around here and stuff over, you know, hand-painted silhouette decoys. And, you know, some people don't run massive spreads, but once you get out there, it's like, all right, turn that to level 10. You know, people run 1,000, 2,000 decoys, just big, giant, rolling hills of corn and stuff. And, oh, man, it's just something to see when you're out there hunting like that. No
0: kidding. You you think you think Jeff and Andy, like they should almost I think they could withhold, you know, an event like Dive Bomb did. You know, they they've got the platform for it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. And the
1: thing with that
0: is there there's so much going
1: on down there and they got so much right. on the plate already. And the way Jeff is, I don't think he'd be able to mentally Well, I say he couldn't mentally handle it, but God, he'd just he'd get over it quick. Really? Cool. You know, Andy Andy's the backbone of the podcast and all that stuff. Right. He does everything and Jeff just he barks the orders down. That's why it's pretty funny. <laughs> but they he they would rather travel to a bunch of different places and go to events like that. True. So. Well, I plus think... there's nowhere even close to where they are in Texas that could accommodate all that all those people or anything like that
0: yeah, that's that's very true too i mean that's what that's why dive bomb made a a very great event like i was lost and confused i did i just heard about it got tagged in a post and got a hotel near st louis and i was like i'm gonna figure out the rest i wish i would have yeah. looked into a so, little bit yeah, more yeah. about the sheraton and the shuttle and all that cause, oh yeah gosh so i mean yep i uh not to
1: cut you off, but like three days before the event, you know, Blake, when I was working, he's like, Yeah, man, we're done after today. He's like, Fucking go home, stop by St. Louis on your way. So I was like, Shit, I gotta get go online and book a hotel. And luckily I found a room still at the Sheridan, you know, through Jeff and Andy and all them were staying. So I got lucked into that. But Right. Yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to going back there next year. You think they're gonna Just hold it again next year? Not, oh, 100%. It'll probably be twice as big too. Yeah,
0: but they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to ante up with their booths and everything like that because they should almost close. They should get some permits to close that road down because it's just a L shaped road. Like they can close that down for a weekend. Yeah, You know what I mean, Not
1: other than like because they were kind of in like an industrial park area.
0: Exactly,
1: how, how easy it would be to close those roads down just because of semis and stuff. Oh, uh,
0: that's true too. Well, they closed for it down it on Saturday. That-
1: yeah well that's true
0: yeah i guess you could do that too i don't know if they passed that by a permit but i guess they i think a lot of people were driving in and out of there because they they wanted to just park there and have their vehicle there and they didn't want to take the shuttle and stuff
1: but you know for for it being the first year the dive bomb did that and you know getting the call companies that they got there and some of the vendors and just all the people and like The prize packages for the contest and all the extracurricular, like the food and beer and all that, man, that's... God, I think they knocked it out of the park doing it first year. And I didn't... I mean, to my eyes, I didn't see any flaws in it, really. No. Other than it was hotter than... Fucking hell. God, it was so hot. It
0: was. And like you said, I don't think there was a flaw. Like, I think they... the, the You know, I envy them for that because they literally had to have been planning that for a long time, and nothing went wrong in my eyes. I, right. There wasn't nobody that had a frown on their face, or there wasn't... I mean, fuck, everybody was getting along, except for heat-deprived or whatever.
1: Yeah. And, like, you know, Kyle and uh, Forrest and all those guys, you know, they've been to events like this. They've been to calling contest. They've been in the contest. So they kind of you know, I'm sure it helped a lot them knowing like how stuff should run and how, you know, stuff should be set up and kind of like they were able to get feedback. I'm sure like behind closed doors from like people all over the country, like, hey, should we do this or that or the other? And I mean, it, it seemed to work out really, really good for them, and I'm glad, really glad that they got to pull that off as well as they did.
0: Do you think other other companies like Dive Bomb, seen this obviously it you know it was broadcasted through a good amount of people do you think Mm -hmm. do you think other you know owners of other decoy companies other call companies are starting to think like maybe we can do this and i've spoke about it previously but i just didn't know what your mindset is on it
1: man i'm sure there's some people that are like oh man we should have something like that but I don't think there's very many people anymore that have the following that Dive Bomb has to allow them to be able to have such a big event like that. Right. It's, you know, not the backtrack, but it's crazy how well they just connect to the people and just they have so many people that are on their side that just obviously help that out a tremendous amount. And I just don't think there's other companies that could A... Find the people to do that or B want to put up with the headache of trying to do that without somebody who, you know, previously, you know, is familiar with all that stuff. Yeah. So you I'm, make sure a good point. I'm sure it's thought about.
0: You about you about ready to start pulling the trigger or start seeing clients with a happy face on their after Man, they pop I've been,
1: up? I've been, I've been <sighs> The last few days, it seems like, on Instagram, I'm just, like, going through my old memories and photos and stuff. I'm like, God, I'm just ready for something to be over. I'm ready to get back out there. Yeah. Just old pictures, videos, and, you know, clients are starting to, you know, some of these clients you become friends with. And, like, man, can't wait to come back out. It's not much longer. And this, that, and the other. And you're like, fuck, man. I still it's not even july yet but it's gonna fly by <laughs> yeah. it's gonna fly by so quick i know it will this summer I'm has flown by this yeah oh
0: it's ridiculous man
1: i just looked down today and i was like holy crap it's freaking was it june 22nd or 21st
0: sometimes i just don't even want to watch what day it is on the month i just i just look at the day of the week i guess and then it's like oh i gotta do something this weekend or the next weekend yeah. or something like that <laughs>
1: It's like like when I was out in Nebraska and you know, I was in that planer like every day. I would just get out, get back to the house, go to sleep, wake up and like we'd have an off day and we're like, God, God what day is it? Like, I don't even know. Is it Saturday? Is it Tuesday? Oh, it rained today. What day is it? We need to figure something out. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'll go home. And the only reason I'm looking at the calendar now is because I got to be back you know, next week and the next week beginning of the week after, but other than that, it's just go until you're done, man. And yeah. Just fly by.
0: I bet you that pharma stuff, it's like, it's just get up and go because there's like, you don't have to worry about a time. Like, they, you don't have a clock in, you don't have a clock out time. It's get in what yeah, we can man. and get done what we can, you know?
1: <laughs> Whenever Blake says, wake the hell up, we got work to do, and like, all right, let's go home, you don't, shit, you don't pay attention other than writing your hours or something like that. But. Right. God, it's, it's, it's every day, but being new to it within the last year and a half or so, man, I enjoy it. Do you? Farming's fun. I mean, obviously if I was the owner of the farm or whatever, or ran the whole operation, it might be a little different, but man, I think it's enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the owners of any farm, they have a, their own headache of their own, and I, that's why, Sure, that's why people i've always spoke on here is that it's like you got to have respect for farmers because they deal with stuff that you would never even think of in my opinion
1: yeah and like working for somebody working for a farm now you kind of see like all the i guess quote unquote behind the scenes stuff that you're like holy shit like i had no idea any of this goes on you have to worry about this or you got yeah, this certain date to get this in for insurance or this, that, and the other, and it's like, God, man, they deal with a lot of shit. They got
0: to worry about. Yeah, I've heard a That's lot of crazy. stories about some. Yeah, some people like they lose family members and stuff like that, and a lot of these like conjoining co- counties and stuff like that. They'll come and help, you know, certain farmers as they, you know, as they dwell on on their loss and everything like that. And it's like it's crazy the community though that farmers do join together and everything like. There's not like, I don't know. There's not much hatred on like farming. Like I'm saying, the people that are actually around farming, and I don't You're get, right. I don't get how people can hate on farmers. Like, how do you not want farmers to prolong their career and stay in it? Like people don't understand. Wow. Like they don't.
1: It's they don't want to see them make a dollar. I guess it's all it boils down to, but I don't get why man. they gotta feed their families too, right? You know, they gotta make a living, and that same thing that you just touched on was uh you know Blake's dad passed away right three years ago during the middle of harvest season, and you know all friends and family came and helped Blake and his brother and everybody get all the stuff done and you know they didn't if they had stuff they had to finish, they put that on hold until you know they helped everybody else that they needed to, and that just. Goes a show of, like you said what kind of community it is to work and live in and grow up And you know all yeah. those guys are really thankful for all that stuff
0: yeah they almost don't even blink twice they just do it nope. don't even think about it they nope. just do it yep that's why that's why it's like i've had a few times where there's farmers that like just aggressively say no and you know some yep. people might take that as like like wow that guy's a real dick and then lately i've been like I'm like maybe he's just having a bad day, you know what I mean? Yep. He, he yep. doesn't like be He don't want. He doesn't want to deal with some, you know, person that wants to hunt his land, and he's not in the mood for it. So he says, you know, just get off my property, or, or no, I can't. My nephew's hunting, or whatever. He just doesn't have yeah. time to even remotely, you know, talk about even where the field is or when you're going to be there. He doesn't. Hell, he's on the phone all day. You know what I mean? And that's the last conversation that he wants to have. You know.
1: Oh man, I stopped. Actually, I I think it was in South Dakota in like 2015 for spring snows. I stopped and talked to this farmer. I'm like, explain. I mean, I'm looking at the map, like the plat book out there. I'm like, you know, this, you know, are you the owner of such and such off of road XYZ, whatever it was? Right. He was like, which field? <laughs> I'm like this one. He's like, oh, I don't know if I own that or not. And I was like, well, it says it's owned by such and such. he's like, oh shit, I guess that is my field. Like they got so lost, I was like, oh, I didn't even know I had that field. So they just all blend together. And then, oh, he ended up being the nicest guy in the world. But then the next guy down the road, he's like, ah, oh, I don't, shit, I don't even remember to just go ahead or no, I don't want anybody on there. You'll run it up or this that. But Right. Just like you said, you might catch them on a bad day or a good day. You just gotta
0: be cautious about it. Yeah, and you can't take it to heart about everything. So have you have you seen, you know, waterfowl hunting like take a change over the years or take a better toll for over the years?
1: I think I think it's gone for the better. Okay. In the last probably two, three years just because i'm seeing a lot more people try to get you know non-hunters into it or kids into it and they're trying to spread you know this message about you know hunting can be fun it can you know fill up time and obviously it's costly everything's costly if you do it for a hobby but it just seems like more and more people are pushing to get you know, novice hunters out there, or new hunters, or kids, or stuff like that, but on the flip side to that with social media, some people get a false representation of what it is day in and day out of, you know, hunting every day. I mean, a lot of people, all they're seeing is you know, the good days, the great days, like, oh, they go and kill them every single day, and it's not always like that. No. And if, uh, you know, say a new hunter sees that, and they try to go out and do it for and they have no idea, and, you know, they goose egg on the day where they shoot one, it's like, oh, fuck, man, I didn't shoot 60 today. What the hell am I doing wrong? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's the only part that I see that kind of sucks, but People are seeing it. I mean, that's a good part about it.
0: Yeah, they they lose track of like you said, they get misconcepted and that sucks. But you know, that that's not just in waterfowl. That's in literally everything. We get misconcepted about life. Yeah, that's life. But it's like people get so frustrated about it and they they start a drama fest and it's like, Man, we're in the outdoors. Like we're supposed to be true to heart people, you know what I mean? Don't be throwing Mm -hmm. hatred because somebody else is doing something. I mean, I mean, don't don't belittle somebody. I mean, like you don't have to teach them, but just just leave them alone. Like, cause you don't. You, that's one of the things you don't yeah. know what people are going through day in day out. Just like we were talking about with farmers, even just day to day hunters, they might be posting two geese upside down on a on a tailgate, and someone starts making a joke about it. It's like, man, why do you gotta do that? Like, fuck, they're outside. You know what I mean?
1: Now, I I will say it's like. Say somebody posts in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, and it's like a private group, and they put up a picture like that. I'm like, come on, man, get it off your tailgate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not, like, I'll give them shit about it, but right. if, if it's like a public forum and somebody's so excited that they, you know, shot those two geese and they can put it on their tailgate and be like, I fucking did this. Right, More power to you, bud. Like just keep at it it'll get better i promise you just got it's a big learning hell i'm still learning to this day
0: we learn every day when we go out oh for absolutely
1: like how are they gonna kick my ass today and how am i gonna kick their ass tomorrow type deal
0: do you think do you think it's gonna drastically change over the years like do you think we're gonna have to throw a whole different spin at them over the years i mean hell it's drastically changed over the 30, 30 years that you know people have been after them do you think it's just gonna get worse or is there gonna be a max where it's like okay this is the limit they can't get any smarter than this
1: there's something like birds are always adapting yeah they're always looking they're just trying to survive that's their mindset they need to make it to the next day they need to wake up go eat get water go to bed and repeat that process so they're going to try every single thing to just do that, just survive every day. And something, you know, they say it comes in 10-year cycles, you know. So 2011, I think, uh, and just as, as an example, Die Bomb, I think, came out in 2011. I was a senior in high school. And that was just, it was revolutionary. I mean, they changed it. The, silhouette game. They changed the way that you use silhouettes, stuff like that. And there's still other companies that have been making silhouettes previously and, you know, doing successful at it. But, you know, this is 10 years later, it's 2021. And they're, you know, dive bombs creating, you know, new poses and fully flocked and just all that kind of stuff as an example. But something's going to give in the next few years to where the birds are like, all right, man, that's just not fucking working anymore. Like, we know, we we know, just give up. You know, you can't kill us today just because we got your number now. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's something that's material. I don't know if it's hunting style. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but something's going to give and people are going to have to start doing stuff different if they don't already do something different
0: i truly can agree because i mean like you're saying like there's gonna be a a set max where it's like they're gonna just start catching on i mean hell we start catching on with ignorant people out in the public you know what i mean like we just know not to surround ourselves with those set people you know whoever it be you know not in any shape or form of anything but it's just like we even learn like they they they're gonna tend to learn just as quick you know maybe not as quick but they see it they see so much going up and down this flyway it's almost ridiculous yeah the the
1: the couple things that i don't think will ever change is obviously goose calling right You'll, you'll always kill a bird if you can read that bird give it what he wants to hear you know, this, that, or that. Calling will always be the upper edge of any kind of hunting situation. Now, I mean, to be devil's advocate, advocate, there's some days where, you know, flock's coming in and you don't call at all, they're coming right to you. You don't even have to call at them. But just, you know, day in and day out, calling's always going to be an advantage. And then, like, a flag. I love a flag. I always use a flag. Some people hate them. Some people say they're fucking everything up every day but I've had nothing but great success with them so say call flag and obviously you're hide no matter what way you hide if it's a thousand percent the best that you can do and you're invisible it doesn't matter if you're laying on the ground you're in a frame you're in a pit you're on a fence row you're on a, a weed edge no matter what if you're hidden you know they can't that's not going to change. So I just I just can't say I can't put my finger on what exactly is going to give, but something's going to give. Something's going to have to change.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a. It's either going to have to be a new decoy company or a far different uh, call company or something. I don't know.
1: I don't I know. Who knows?
0: <laughs> who knows? Maybe we're going to throw more motion at them when they hate motion. You <laughs> no, know.
1: I, I, I could be the guy sitting there this season, to where it's like one day I'm just like, "Well, fuck, they got me. I can't do this anymore." And then I'm gonna have to change my whole way of going about it. But until that day comes, I'm just gonna stick with what I know.
0: You gonna get the COVID vaccine to go to go to Canada?
1: You know that I've never been to Canada other than a bear hunt, either. A I. few
0: years back,
1: I've never waterfowl hunted in Canada. I think that's. a waterfowl hunted all over the country, pretty much, except for like the West
0: Coast. But nope, never been to Canada. I think that's the only way that I'd get the COVID vaccine. That's the only way you could convince me. If somebody was like, "Hey, oh, come up yeah. to Canada," and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to Walgreens or whatever and getting this COVID vaccine."
1: Yeah, there's so many people that I know that are, they're just like, man, if we can go up there and guide in Canada for waterfowl this year. I will go at two o'clock in the morning if I had to to go get a COVID vaccine, but that's all it took.
0: <laughs> no you shit.
1: They're they are just so determined to get in the which I understand that's a lot of people's living, you know, being a few months up there, that's a lot of money to
0: make. Oh, dude. So if
1: that's what you gotta do to get up there, then by all means go for it man.
0: No, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a lot of people that almost they they live off of that stuff you know for however long it is their season is and and then their spring snows and fall snow hunts and everything like that like i have nothing wrong against people that get the covid vaccine but it's just like a a personal thing it's like it's like right. it's my body i'm going to do with what i want to do with it and everybody should understand exactly. that and a lot of people have an issue with with that and i think yeah. anybody listening to this they they know it's not an issue it's just the far left people that are just so set in their ways and don't even want to talk about it. That's right. What
1: happened to what happened to my body? My
0: choice. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Now, now, <laughs> now the now that? the vaccine comes out and it's you have to get <laughs> right. this. Gosh, it, it never. No, you have to get this. Yeah,
1: it's it's, just, it's so wrong if you not to. It's life or death. Like, fucking kiss my ass, buddy. (laughs) I know.
0: It fucking just fires us up right away. But see, that's the other thing. is us right, people. It fires us up. But hell, it takes a lot to get us over our breaking point. Can't you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you got to really piss off, you know, people that love the outdoors or anything that are, you know, Republican or whatever. Like, it takes a lot to piss us off. And when you do, it's, we usually start speaking our mind then.
1: Yeah, and it's usually for good reasons, too. I mean, those fuckers get offended by everything. There's nothing that anybody that is conservative, Republican, you know, independent, no matter what you are, other than far left, something's going to piss them off, even if it's the way that you say hi to somebody.
0: (laughs) So I've been asking lately, like, what's... What's your five year plan? You got a five year plan in and set with, you know, your life and everything, or, or are you just gonna keep, you know, hunting and, and enjoying life or is there something that you have set in life where you it's like almost a, a goal?
1: Man five year plan. I mean if I can if I can continue to guide waterfowl still work for my buddy farming and just have a comfortable lifestyle and you know eventually say buy my own place whether it's in Nebraska or here at home and whatnot I think that's it just kind of keep doing what I'm doing and being comfortable about it
0: do you ever take a step? Can, do you ever take a step back like? and do you ever take a step back and just enjoy everything that you're doing and not not even not even look back or be disgruntled about anything that you're doing or is is there ever a time where you want to be better or anything? Like I'm not trying to talk down on you or anything that's saying that your life is terrible because it's not, but I'm just saying like, is there ever a time that you're like, like you want to better yourself? And is there ways that you want to better yourself or anything like that?
1: I mean, so by trade, I run heavy equipment.
0: I ran, you know,
1: excavators and dozers and all that stuff for God. It seemed like, he, you know, seven, eight, nine years out of right. high school. And I would do that, you know, from February till, you know, October, November. And then I'd go guide somewhere, whether it's here at home or, you know, down in Arkansas doing snows in the springtime or going out west or whatnot. And I always thought if when it got tough, I was like, man, I should just I should just work full time. Do marine construction full time Just not even worry about coming out here anymore And when it gets tough You know some days now It's like uh, Maybe what would have happened if I would have Just quit you know five years ago Or four years ago or What if I quit this year What if I quit last year Just kind of stopped all the traveling And you know Not necessarily get a big boy job Because it's not like it's a child's job That I'm doing no. now you know, obviously there's different career paths that I could have, but it'd be hard to trade what I got now. I mean, it's just, it's so awesome doing what I do, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do it. And there's a lot of people that, I I hate to use the word jealous, but there's a lot of people that are jealous of people who get to, you know, hunt and guide waterfowl for a living from, you know, October, November, all get to the end of the season. Yeah, but. And then just, they envy it.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, like, that's another thing is it's, like, it gets so, he gets spoken on so many times, but it's like, they, they don't know the true understatement, or the underlining of it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, my dream is to, you know, carry on with what I'm doing right now, and we're talking right, right now about it, and carry on with, like, I want to be a a seasonal excavator operator and then like guide. But see, I I've done the whole traveling and worked on the road Mm -hmm. for almost, I think it was almost three, four years. And I've been in and out of like just crazy work time. So like, I, I can think that I can withstand that. But a lot of these other people, like they just think that when they go hunting on the weekends, that they could just guide clients and do all this and that. But it's like, you're talking about sleepless nights, you know, Monday through Sunday for as long as they need you. Not not Dude. not Friday and Saturday morning you're waking <laughs> that, up early. You know what uh, I mean?
1: It's, I wish more people could like see that. And you're not waking up and going to kill kill birds every morning and just do that when in turn, yes, that's what you're doing for work, but right. there's so much more shit that goes into it. Oh you gotta you're waking up at three thirty, four o'clock every morning. You're getting the trailer ready. You're making sure you got all your decoys. You're making sure all your lucky ducks are charged. You're making sure you forget don't forget your calls. You're making sure you got this. You go talk to your clients. You make sure they have a good time. Set the decoys right. Get the blinds right. Get the blinds brushed. Break it down. Break the decoys down. Take it back. Just go scout, make sure your hide's good, just that. If something's broke, go fix it. You know, it's just every day it's that, and it's not just, you're not going to meet your buddies down at the Casey's every morning and go hunting and then go home and take a nap. That's, you know, you're not just fun hunting every day. It's not fun hunting. I hardly ever take my gun anymore because I know it's like, it's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want to shoot. And that's what a lot of people that start guiding, they get so caught up in, oh, man, I'm going to be able to kill every day. I'm all, I, get, I get to hunt every day. I want to bring, you know, should I bring a couple cases of shells with me when I come down to guide, or should I do this or that? It's like, no. I mean, you could really bring no shells at all. It's not about you going out and hunting anymore. Oh, yeah. It's about you taking people out for – if. If somebody's worked all year and that's the one trip that they can spend their hard earned money on and you can make it the best for them that they can, that's what it's all about. It's not it's not about you anymore. And that it's just a lot of people don't get that.
0: Right. And you were talking about, you know, like fixing this or fixing that or getting that ready or getting this ready. There's no normal like checklist that you can go down like, oh, okay, I need my calls, I need my decoys. No, because every day is different for you. I know yeah. for damn sure that that trailer does not look shining sparkly every morning. There's this and that that's all combobulated everywhere. And you can't control. I mean, like, obviously, it's your job to, you know, keep that in line and keep that in control. But at the same time, it's like there's so much throwing at you when, it's, when you're out in the field and getting mm-hmm. clients yeah. everywhere and everything like that. That's what I'm saying. There's no to-do list or checklist ever I can imagine on you guys at all.
1: I mean, I, to an extent, there's a little checklist you can do. Like, obviously, make sure you have blinds, make sure you have the decoys, and make sure you have your you know, your bag with all the shit in it. But other than that, you got to be prepared for anything. Like, yeah, you, but you can get a, out
0: there. There's a lot of curveballs that get thrown at you. Oh, yeah. Like, what if you don't have
1: all the blind parts? What if, you know... What if the lights are dead on the light bars on the trailer? What if you know shit that you run into sometimes every season? Not every day, but it's gonna happen. And you just gotta. I mean, I don't know. You gotta figure out how to get through it and overcome it. And just some people don't have that kind of mindset,
0: and, or even just the drive. You know what I mean? Like, because do do guides get paid by the hour, or or how how do you guys get paid? Or is it just by salary and and tips?
1: Yeah, I mean you get a salary. I mean most places I know it's either a day rate or like a weekly rate, and then I mean all your money comes from tips. I mean you do make good money like on the salary end of it, but that's not what you're that's not what you're out there making your living off of. Right. You know you got to work for those tips. You got to you got to put in the effort to give a good hunt. So you do get those good tips and that's, that's where you make the bread and butter. As long as you take care of the clients, the clients should take care of you.
0: What's one of your greatest tips throughout your years of knowledge and, and doing, you know, set forth guiding. What, what would be one thing you'd want to tell somebody if they're listening to this right now and they're thinking about guiding and they're hearing us talk about it. What's one thing that you've learned over the years that, where um, it clicked in your head where you're like, wow, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I think like that and everything like that? Man,
1: if if a client asks you a question, no matter what it's about, never say, I don't know. Okay. I'm mean, As simple as that sounds, don't say, I don't know, because then they feel like they've defeated you and like you don't know what you're doing at some point.
0: Okay. You have to
1: have some kind of some kind of explanation for it, or if you're like, if you say I'm not sure, but this is what I think's happening, or this is what I think should be done, or this, that, and the other. Don't just say I don't know. As as weird and as funny as that sounds, just never, never say you don't know something
0: because it stops you. It it stops the conversation with you and that one client to be so bad, or the rest of the weekend be so bad.
1: Because in because in the client's mind, you know, he or she's like, "God, I just paid all this money to come out here
0: on this hunt." This and dumb fucker doesn't even this, know what we're doing.
1: <laughs> this son of a bitch doesn't even know what the hell's going on. Like, what in the
0: hell? You make a valid point. That, I mean, that's a that's a good tip and knowledge. So somebody better soak that up. And I th- I think I've heard some other people talk about, you know, don't say I don't know. You know, but I guess like that's knowledge to me even cause what, I mean that's my dream is to do that so I'm gonna I'm taking that knowledge you know what I mean
1: as simple as it sounds yeah just never say you don't know something like oh for instance if say a group of birds comes in and you know they kind of slide off or they don't work right and the clients or the clients like oh hey, man what do you think happened with those birds don't be like well I don't know you know get <laughs> up like well i'm not too sure but let's go out here and check this let's make sure our hides right let's make sure the deep there's no decoys laying over let's make sure this that and the other like work through it and make an effort don't just sit there and be like fuck i have no idea i have no clue because then that just makes you look absolutely stupid I and mean, that's the worst thing you can do being a guy because you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the professional in their eyes you are right. supposed to be the one that's that knows the group as whole. Yeah, that knows its shit. Right, knows what's going on.
0: Do you have you have you had some pretty obviously you have ran into a lot of negative clients? Has it been almost some some weeks where it's like a reoccurring thing where it's just like they're asking so many questions and you have to be on your feet and answer them, you know, politely and because you do want to get that good tip. But has has there ever been like yeah. a few weeks or a month where it's just like? constant 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 questions or negativity from the clients
1: not on like a weekly basis um but there say there'd be like a different example there'd be like a two three-day stretch where there's like a full moon and it's hotter than shit outside and the clients are like, well, why aren't the birds flying? Like, why aren't they feeding when they should be? Right. And, like, you gotta, you gotta explain, like, stuff like that to them. That gets kind of old and repetitive because obviously you know, like, hey, it's, it might be tough this morning. We're gonna try our best to kill them, we're gonna give them everything we got. But, you know, this weather and the way the moon, and, you know, all this shit's lining up, it just, it could not happen the way we wanted to this morning. And, like, you get that. And some good hunters and clients will get that, but when you get those people that ask, like, "Shit, why, why aren't we doing like what we came here to do?" (laughs) Well, fuck, we're we're giving it everything we got, and I don't. I I try to explain, but and that that kind of gets old. But then again, they could take that knowledge and go home and be like, "Oh, maybe this is why they did that that one time. I get it now." So it could either benefit them or it could piss them off just because they don't understand it or I just got to take it with a grain of salt, I guess.
0: You know, and this is far different from waterfowl, but like I had some, some fishing guides on and they were explaining it. Like I was asking them client questions and everything like that. And, and I was like, do you have bad ones? Blah, Blah, blah. They went on and, and Marcus Quam was like, he's like, you are paying for an experience what you gather from it is is up to you. But at the same time, I'm going to try as hard as I can to get that best experience to you. But we're dealing with wild animals, you know, fish, deer, pheasant, yeah. geese, exactly. ducks. I mean, it's like almost trying to tell a two-year-old what to do. They're going to listen to yeah. you for a little bit. They're going to listen to you sometimes. Or they're going to run off and not even give a shit about you. And that's, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. I don't know if I really made sense there or not, but you get what Um, I'm saying? You can't control what a wild animal does, especially a flying animal. An animal that can fly. We're talking about so many variables.
1: That bird can go wherever the fuck it wants Oh, yeah. Any given time. (laughs) There's... there's nothing in that contract or whatever you no. sign at the beginning of the trip that says, I guarantee these specs are gonna come back to this peanut field for you to shoot.
0: Yeah. They you know? they're coming to, to meet you, Jerry. They wanna see you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. You know what you
1: I mean? know, Mr. Billy Joe lunch bucket, this goose is for you. Like you signed up to shoot this bird. No, I mean you might joke about that. Right. Yeah, they come to hunt, but you gotta understand shit happens i mean that that's not a guarantee like you, you said the fishing guy said it's about the experience right you know when you come down to us in you know west texas you're getting home cooked meals you're getting the camaraderie you're getting the, the laughs and jokes you're meeting new people you're meeting clients some people come down they're like oh these are the guys from the big hawker podcast and like that's why they came on that hunt. They're just like, oh, man, we're just here for a good time. Once you get those guys that, like, at dinner that night, they're like, oh, how many birds are we going to shoot tomorrow? You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> know, it's, it's these guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how do you... Oh, gosh, like, it's hard to speak on. Like, it's like a... It's like a... I don't know. It's a blank story. Like, there's no way to explain it. Like, you you just understand it inside your head and my head. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people like can understand that it's just like, it's an unspoken thing. It's like, I don't know. Like it's a situational thing. Like you'd have to, you'd have to have that day of something happen like that. And then we could have a podcast, like literally the day after and we could speak about it. But then there's the next day it's like completely different or something. You know what I mean?
1: Like you said, it's a blank picture. It's a blank canvas, but yeah, as as me being the guide and you paying to come to an outfit, 95% of that picture is in the paintbrush that I hold as a guide. I have to make the experience mm-hmm. good for you. I have to be the one, you know, cutting up and laughing and having a good time and calling at those geese and knowing what to do and knowing how to set the decoys and making sure the blinds hidden well and this, that, and the other. And the last 5% is all up to the thirds. And you can't control what they do, but you can you can encourage them to do what you try and want them to do.
0: And as much as... See, that's the other thing, like we said. Um, we gain knowledge every time we go out. And mm-hmm. we're, we're learning right behind them, in a sense. It's, and some days, they're just dumber than hell, and they come in so easy, and those are the days that we we look for and love, but at the same time, it's like, you have to sit there and think about everything that they maybe want to do, might do, and it's it's quite crazy. Like, seriously, it it blows your mind. Yep.
1: And if, you know, if you pay attention day in and day out, like, you know, what was the wind doing this day? Or what was the sun doing? What was this? What was that? What was the temperature? What was the pressure? Like, if you can kind of pay attention and like I hate to get into a tangent about like how to hunt but like if you can pay attention to that kind of stuff and like say in days forward that happens again and you can be like oh shit we did this and it worked like that that's worth it's weight in gold like just knowing what to do in certain situations just makes it ten times better for that warning when you think it's going to be tough
0: Do you do do a lot of repetition of like wind and field and, and like hide and everything like that. And the way the geese are coming and you immediately know how you're going to set it up from the beginning of the day. And obviously as the day goes on and flocks are coming in, obviously adjustment comes, but is there like a boom? Like I know how I'm going to set that up or is it a justification yeah. of like, maybe it's just a little bit different this time.
1: So you like where we're on that in West Texas? with Stanfield, it's so unique just because there's only um, there's really only two, maybe three big outfits down there that hunt all around the same area. Right. And you know, and as much as people like from the outside looking in think that outfitters don't work together, like everybody down there works together. Everybody knows where is everybody hunting? what they're doing, this, that, and the other. So there's no, you're not stepping on anybody's toes. And the geese always get up of the same roost, you know, the same two, three, four roost. And they'll either go north, south, east, or west, whichever they do that day or whatever they do that week. And, you know, you get there that evening and you're scouting, and you can, I mean, you'll see how the geese are coming in in the field. You'll see how, you know how they're reacting as soon as they get into that field. So you can kind of sit there with your binoculars and say, all right, there's a hide over there. The wind's going to be out of this direction. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And, like, you should know going into that next morning, this is what I saw last night. This is what I'm going to do. So it just kind of, you know, it snaps together. Right. It goes goes together quickly.
0: One more thing before we wrap this up. What sense the season's, like, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. What's what's one thing that comes to your brain where it's like you see excitement about? Like you can't wait to maybe talk with your buddies, catch up with people. Like what's the most excitement you get out of waterfowl? Man. The number just one thing.
1: Old, just seeing old friends and old faces. Okay. That you only see during hunting season.
0: And you get to and catch one, up with them one, and hear stories. Yep. Once, once
1: you get to see those people and you get to catch up with them, you're like, fuck, man, it's back. Like, this is hunting to you and this is why we do it. Like, getting to see all these people is, you know, why I come out here every year and why I travel so much. It just it makes it all worthwhile.
0: Do you get a lot of time on your hands to go talk to clients or friends that come in? They're clients, obviously, but now they're turned into friends. Right. Like, do you get a lot of time in the lodge to maybe sit down for 20, 30 minutes or is it... Is it, hey, I got a little bit of time, or is it, do you fit that time in to, you know, make that connection with those people so that they want to come back?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we'll eat lunch with the guys every day. And then at dinner time, we'll go and talk to all the groups and stuff. And you know, we'll sit and chat for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then, because we'll all eat the same dine and all. So, I mean, you get to have some face to face interaction outside of just being in the field with them and stuff. And a lot of guys appreciate that, and it kind of, you know, makes them feel like home. It makes them feel welcome there, which is a good thing.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Josh. It was great hearing from you, and we ran into each other at Squad Fest, and it was good to put a name to the face even there. And it's always, it's go, it's always good to just spend some time and, and talk, and that's why a podcast is so much fun. You get to tell your stories again. You get to... Revamp the excitement about waterfowl, and because sometimes we don't get to talk about it as much because the day to day life is people don't want to hear about it all the time,
1: (laughs) you know. Oh, yeah, no man, I appreciate you coming up to me at that uh, that social bar that night, even though god, I was a little intoxicated. (laughs) I'm glad we uh, I you know, I got your card and glad we hooked up and made this podcast happen. It was really enjoyable to just kind of sit back and bs and talk about all the little things
0: yeah instead of all the the nitty-gritty and what you do but no yeah like i said i appreciate coming on and hope you the best this year and stanfield the best this year because it's always it's always good to see people succeed and never do never do want to see people fail i mean as much as we absolutely never as, as much as we do fail it don't matter i do love people seeing succeed so yeah
1: I want it just as much as the next guy, and hopefully they get it too.
0: (laughs) Exactly. All right, Josh. Take care. All right. Thanks, Levi.